Greetings, precious humans. Poet and playwright Neil Marcus said, Disability is not a brave struggle or courage in the face of adversity. Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way to live. I couldn't agree more. My name is Laura Legendary, and you're listening to Legendary Insights. who are regular listeners, you might recall that some months ago, I believe back in February, I began a short two-part series on some useful skills to acquire and some best interviewing practices when undertaking a work search. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the flip side of traditional gainful employment and answer some of your questions on entrepreneurship. This first part is going to be Q&A on entrepreneurship, and in the next episode, which will air in the first week of October, I'll actually have a couple of entrepreneurs on the program to talk about their own trials, tribulations, epic struggles, and most rewarding aspects of their entrepreneurial ventures. So stay with me, and let's get started. Years ago, when I did more public speaking than I do now, I had created a presentation that I entitled, What to Do When You Need a Plan B. It was a presentation that was intended for audiences consisting of people who have disabilities of all types, and mainly what to do when their work search opportunities seemed to be to no avail, when interviewing yielded no fruit, when they were becoming frustrated with the work search process, and they were seriously considering what to do next. Is entrepreneurship the best next move? Is it the most logical move when traditional work search seems to be failing? What does it take to start your own business? And are you the type of person who is well-suited for entrepreneurship? So those are the types of questions I'm going to answer in this episode. And I'll try to be as specific as I can, but that's a little tricky given the number of different types of businesses and the individual circumstances that can make answering some of these questions tough because everyone is dealing with their own particular employment situation, financial situation, disability issues. And so everything I say here is going to be appropriate only in the most general sense. Do know that I am no guru. I am not a marketing expert. I am not a serial entrepreneur in that I have not started and sold and moved on to multiple businesses over the years. I do not have an MBA. My only qualification is the wisdom of experience. I am a small business owner, and I have been an entrepreneur more or less for most of my adult life. Currently, I have the kind of business where I sell a product, 
but previously I had the kind of business where I sold a service. So with both those different types of businesses as my basis of experience, I hope I can pass on some useful information for you that can help you make a decision as to whether or not you want to try your hand at starting a small business. Please know that it is not my aim to be either positive or negative. I'm not going to try to talk you into starting your own business, nor am I going to try talking you out of it. I simply want to tell you the truth and tell you some of what you can look forward to or dread (laughs) with respect to starting a small business. So let's get started with some of those specific questions that have been asked of me already. If you were to type into your favorite search engine, how to start your own business, you would find no end to the informative articles from gurus and marketers and experienced business owners, some of whom are names you know, giving advice as to how to start your own business and advice on the type of person who is the ideal type of person to be an entrepreneur and dispensing advice on what are some of the most important to-dos with respect to starting your own business. I would say if you're seriously considering starting your own business, I would start with the internet. I would read a whole lot of these articles written by gurus and experts and people with MBAs who have a lot of advice to give on what to do when you need a plan B, how to start a business, including some of the specifics with how to line up financing, set up your infrastructure, what kind of web tools you're going to need, and so on and so forth. Start there. At some point, though, you're going to need to do a little introspection you're going to need to take a magnifying glass to your own life situation. If I had to choose one word that characterizes entrepreneurship, I would have to say that word would be sacrifice. If you're going to start your own business, the first question I would ask you is, what are you going to be selling? Are you going to be selling a product or are you going to be selling a service? If you're going to be selling a service, that might be something like consulting, copywriting, editing, helping people to write a resume, proofreading other people's documents, life coaching. That's selling a service. That's selling something that is in your particular area of expertise. If you're selling a product, it could either be a physical object or it could be digital information. Another type of business that has become more popular is selling experiences. You know, the marketers say that the millennials are more interested in experiences than things. And so selling experiences has become a very lucrative business area. Most of the time, if you're going to be selling a service, you're going to be a solo entrepreneur. You probably won't have employees. You might hire some outside help, say, for example, someone to do your books, or maybe a virtual assistant to take care of some of the administrative tasks. But in general, you're going to be working alone. And whether that's web development, graphic design, or acting as a nutrition coach, you're probably going to be on your own. If you're going to be selling a product, 
chances are you're going to need some employees. You're probably going to need some salespeople or shipping people, distributors or buyers, and you may need people to actually make the product for you if it's something that you're creating yourself. So one of the first things I would ask is, why do you want to start your own business? What do you hope to achieve? What are you willing to do in order to make it work? Are you willing to quit your job? Can you? Are you willing to relocate? Are you willing to downsize? Take a look at your financial situation. Can you afford to start your own business? Almost all businesses require some startup funds, even if it's just enough money to buy a domain and pay for web hosting. If you're going to be selling a product, you're going to need inventory. You're going to need a way to package that inventory. You're going to need a place to store that inventory. And you're going to need to have some logistics in place to ensure that that inventory goes from point A to point B. One of the questions I get asked the most often is how do I finance a new business? Well, again, if you go online and type the question into Google, you'll get about a million hits on the subject because there's everything from traditional financing to non-traditional financing. Some people call that creative financing. And I'm an advocate of all of it, but it depends upon what type of business you want to start. If you've decided that you want to start a business like, say, opening a restaurant, that requires a tremendous amount of upfront capital. So you're going to need plenty of money, in which case you're going to need some traditional financing, like a bank loan. Most of the time, though, people are starting up small enterprises that don't require tens of thousands of dollars to get it off the ground. So they might instead go with a more low-key approach, such as using personal finances, savings, credit cards, asking for money from family and friends, and so forth. You've heard the statistics about small businesses and how most small businesses fold within five years. And the number one reason that small businesses fail is because they are undercapitalized. That means they don't have enough money. So when you're trying to figure out whether or not you can afford to start your own business, I would create two lists. The first list should consist of every line item you can possibly think of that you might need to spend for with respect to the business itself. Everything from business cards to equipment to rent or a lease, transportation, postage, inventory, inkjet cartridges, a phone system, and of course, employees. Create a list and make it as thorough and as detailed as you possibly can. This is a good list to have someone help you to create because the more things you can come up with, the better prepared you'll be for the ultimate expenditures involved in starting a business. That's list one. List number two, I would advise should consist of a realistic appraisal of your own personal financial condition. Create a list of what you need every month to survive. Your rent, your utilities, food, phone, cable TV, internet. What do your children need? Also include your monthly expenditures for things like haircuts, clothing, medications, home maintenance, and again, make this list as comprehensive and as detailed as you can. Really get 
a good sense of what you spend every month just in maintaining your lifestyle. Now, add those two numbers together from list one and list two, and that's how much money you're going to need on a regular basis in order to get a business off the ground and have enough money to live and to run your operation. That number is probably a lot bigger than you want it to be. That number gets even larger when you involve hiring people to assist you. Let's say, for example, your business really takes off. Of course, your family and friends are going to say they're happy to step in and help, and hopefully they do. But at some point, people can only work for free for so long, and you're going to have to hire someone to help you. Are you going to hire someone full-time? Are you going to hire someone part-time? Will part-time be adequate? If it is, then obviously you need to decide how you're going to pay them for how many hours a week or month and add that to list A. If you're going to hire someone full-time, then that means you're hiring someone full-time plus some sort of benefits. You also need to take taxes into consideration when preparing list A. And taxes are a conversation for another day, but let me tell you, that is an expense that you're not going to be able to get out from under, so make it a big number, make it based on what you think you're going to be bringing in every quarter, and plan on forking it over every three months to the IRS. Because when you have a business, if you file your taxes as a business, the way you pay your taxes is completely different. You pay your taxes every quarter, depending upon if you have state or local income taxes, you pay those taxes in advance. In other words, your taxes when you have a business are not paid on the basis of what you've already earned, you pay estimated taxes, and that's based on what you project your income to be. You may get some of it back, you may end up paying more, but you pay every quarter, whether you like it or not. So now that you have that number, list A plus list B equals list OMG, you have some idea of how much you're going to need to bring in in order to get this thing off the ground and what you're going to need to keep it flying. Then the question becomes, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do to make this happen? What are you willing to give up? Do you already have a full-time job or a part-time job? Are you willing to quit? Do you have to quit? No. In fact, I wouldn't recommend that you quit your job until you know that you know that you know you have a regular income from your enterprise. A lot of gurus out there will tell you that in order to really make it as an entrepreneur, you have to be all in. You have to mortgage your house to the hilt. You have to max out all of your credit cards. You have to quit your job and do your venture full time. Well, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with that. And the reason is because if you've ever been in suffocating, 
paralyzing debt, then you know how few nights you sleep well and how much stress you endure wondering how you're going to keep the electricity on. I never advocate getting into huge amounts of debt before you have a proof of concept, some successful sales, and a plan for more of the same. So what kind of person is best suited to start their own business? Frankly, I think one of the most important qualities is perseverance. One of the toughest things to do when you are a business owner is to persevere when you feel as though everything is going wrong. And believe me, it will. There are going to be plenty of days where you will call into question your sanity or intelligence and make you ask yourself, should I continue? Is this worth it? How am I going to recover from this? How am I going to deal with this? I must have been out of my mind to think I could do this. That's completely normal. But if you're not the type of person that can fight back from despair, can fight back from situations that feel demoralizing, if you can't fight through self-doubt, then I wouldn't recommend entrepreneurship as a good way for you to go. That doesn't mean you can't have doubts. That doesn't mean you shouldn't second-guess yourself. What it means is you have to be the type of person who can power through it. Because on the other side are the answers that seemed unanswerable not long before. You know, that expression, you have to be able to sail beyond the horizon line where you can't see land in front of you or behind you. That's when you find out what you're made of, when you don't see safety anywhere. Do you keep going or do you fall back? That's the kind of persistence and perseverance I'm talking about. If you're the type of person who gives up easily, who needs a safety net, who craves security, who likes to have the answers to those uncomfortable questions in advance, who likes to have all their ducks in a row, their I's dotted, their T's crossed, you know the type of person, if that's you, then entrepreneurship is going to be a very scary proposition for you and probably would be detrimental to your mental health and well-being. I'm not saying don't attempt it. I'm just saying know who you are before you get started. Can you walk away from a business once you've started and realize it's not right for you? Of course you can. But if you've got the kind of business where you have employees and an infrastructure set up and customers waiting for products, well, it's a little harder to disentangle yourself, especially if you've got inventory that now you have to get rid of and people who are counting on you to put food on the table for their families. You're letting down more than just you. And can you live with it? That's a lot of pressure. And that brings up another aspect of the sacrifice I mentioned earlier. Once you have that list of the things you need, the money you need, the items you have to have in place to get your business off the ground, you need to ask yourself, what are you willing to do to make a go of it? What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you prepared to give up time with your family? Are you prepared to give up what might otherwise be a really lucrative and safe job? Are you willing to sell your house and move into an apartment? 
Are you willing to give up creature comforts? One of the most expensive aspects of any business is payroll. Payroll occurs every week or every two weeks or however often you pay your people. Week in, week out, month in, month out. You don't get to scrimp and you don't get to wiggle out of payroll. You pay your people before you pay you. You pay your people before you pay your own bills. You pay your people before you eat. And believe me when I tell you, there are some months where you wonder which you're going to have to give up. Well, guess what? The answer is you give up food. I know you think that sounds crazy, but when you have people that you're responsible for paying, it is against the law not to pay them. They can take you to court and you can be in serious trouble if you start playing fast and loose with your payroll. So what are you willing to give up? Your cable package with all the sports channels? Are you willing to give up your super fast internet speed? Are you willing to give up your hair color, massages and manicures? Are you willing to give up your social life? If there's something that you're not going to be willing to sacrifice under any circumstances, know what it is up front. I'll tell you, in my particular case, my lifestyle is pretty spare. The other thing you should take into consideration with respect to your business and your personal life is what happens when there's a crisis. What happens if your parents need in-home health care, or you're having a problem with your marriage, or one of your children becomes ill and needs serious medical attention? A business is not easy to walk away from. You don't get vacation. You don't get sick days. Your customers dictate to you when you work. They may call you at all hours of the day and night. And by the way, ignoring them is a very bad idea. There may be problems that come up during Thanksgiving dinner. Are you prepared to go into the office on Christmas morning? Are you prepared to miss your son's soccer games? Sometimes when you have a business, you have to make some pretty tough choices. Can you make them? And what about your own revenue stream? Do you plan on paying yourself? Do you anticipate that your business will bring in enough cash to allow you to pay yourself some sort of salary? Is it going to be enough for you to live on? Take a look at list B again. Take a look at that list of expenses, your minimum monthly household expenses, and decide whether or not your business is going to be able to bring in enough money every month so that you can afford to pay yourself. Or are you going to have another source of income, like a part-time job? There's that awful money question. How much money do you need to start a business and where do you get it? If you're starting the type of business that requires a large capital expenditure upfront, you're going to need a business loan or some sort of loan. Whether that's a home equity line of credit, an SBA loan, or whether it's a traditional bank loan, a loan is a loan is a loan. And you're going to need to have all of your finances closely scrutinized in order to get approved for a business loan. In almost every case that I know of, you are asked to put some skin in the game. In other words, you have to put something up as collateral you have to have some sort of personal outlay. You have to have some sort of assets. 
And you have to show that you have the ability to raise money. After all, this is a loan. You're going to be asked to start paying it back almost immediately. Do you have the type of business that's going to generate enough income straight away to pay back the loan, to purchase your inventory, to pay your employees, to finance your overhead, and take care of your personal expenses so that you can keep your own lights on while you're running your operation? If you're willing to go into debt, and this is one of those questions that you have to ask yourself, most gurus would probably tell you that it's a good idea to put as many expenses on your credit cards as possible. Take out multiple credit cards. Use your savings. Get money from your parents, family, or friends. Are you willing to do that? Well, there are some creative ways to raise money. I'm sure you've heard of Kickstarter and Indiegogo and GoFundMe. Even those platforms require that you make some investment of equity yourself. If you're using a platform like Kiva, for example, I read in their terms of service that they will require that you put up a certain percentage of the total amount you are asking for personally, whether that's raising the money from your own finances or asking it of family and friends. They want you to be able to demonstrate that your personal circle of support is there. In other words, if your own family and friends aren't willing to invest in your business, why should anyone else? Crowdfunding, as it's called, is one of those endeavors where you get out of it as much as you're willing to put into it. It looks as though everyone is having a lot more success than they really are. But the statistics show that about 80% of crowdfunding campaigns fall to failure because they fail to raise the money they need in order to meet their goal. That's a big percentage. Again, if you're looking to raise money to start a business, I would recommend that you do some searches on ways to finance a startup enterprise and look specifically for terms like creative financing. There are a lot more ways to raise money than you may realize, and you're going to need a lot more money than you may realize. The bottom line is you need to be able to plan for eventualities for which you couldn't possibly plan. I know I barely scratched the surface here, and if you want more specifics, I have them. But my time is limited to 30 minutes every other month here on Legendary Insights, so I can only go into depth to a point, but I'm always willing to answer your questions. So hit me up on social media, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, or you can send me email. So stay tuned for part two of what to do when you need a plan B. Until next time, live your ingenious life. Thank you for listening to Legendary Insights. Let's connect. You can follow me on Twitter at LL on Air or just do a search for Legendary Insights ACB. Write to me at Laura at acbradio.org. That's Laura, L A U R A, at acbradio.org. You can listen to Legendary Insights on the web 
at http colon slash slash acbradio.org slash mainstream or you can listen from the ACB Link app, which you can get from the Apple App Store. Miss an episode? Don't worry. You can also download Legendary Insights as a podcast. Just do a search for Legendary Insights in the Apple iTunes Store. This is Laura Legendary for ACB Radio Mainstream. <laughs>